Well, I put this is George G and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Nick Thompson. Nick, are you ready to do this? Hey, I'm ready to do it. How are you doing today? I am doing great, man. Let's go. Nick is a All storyteller. Right. He is a podcast host. He is a reality TV star. I'm excited to have <laughs> you on. Nick, tell us a little bit about your personal lives, more about your work, why you do what you do. Yeah. So the reality star thing always tricks me up. So I apologize for the chuckle. Um, sure. So I think what I'll start off by saying then is I'm, I'm a normal guy who happened to uh, get a little bit of notoriety and, and I guess celebrity status from a reality show. But um, what I really like to focus on and really spend my time on is um, my podcast, which I launched a few months back. Um, and the, the goal there is really kind of my, my life mission is to talk about things that have stigmas around them and sort of, um, give people a safe space and a place to have a conversation about what they're actually feeling or what their experiences are that led them to believe this way. So, um, you know, I like to spread a lot of awareness around self-care, mental health, um, you know, a lot of conversations around news and politics, because I think that these things just divide us. And they stigmatize um, uh, these these challenges even more. And so I like to use my podcast and use my platform to sort of facilitate these types of conversations and hopefully foster uh, a safe space so people feel comfortable that they can say how they're feeling and and be heard. Well, I certainly appreciate that. We are we are living in a unique time where we've sort of gotten this thing. I don't, it hasn't been thrust upon us because I don't have to use social media, but it's new to all of us. And to some level, we are now all reality TV stars and we are able to broadcast our lives to the entire world if we are so inclined. And for a lot of people, that's kind of eating our lunch. And so I was excited to, to bring you on to talk about that because you were an actual reality TV star and you strike me as a regular guy from the Midwest like I am. Who no. this thing it it didn't happen to you, but you have gone through this unique experience. Well, it's funny that you say that because I do say this kind of just happened to me. And ever <laughs> since it, ever since the the release of the show, I do feel like things kind of happened to me. But there's a learning to have there, right? And that learning is that if you take things as they come and you just let the rest happen, you're gonna be okay take it day by day. You don't have to have all the answers. And the thing with social media too, is having a following. And I, I went, I think it was 348 people to over 300,000 followers in the course of a month. Hmm. And as someone who posted about six or seven photos of my dog, the three years <laughs> before that on social media, that was a, a, culture shock, um, eye-opening experience. And no matter what you do to prepare yourself for that, you have no idea. You have no idea what it's going to be like. You don't know the level of support. You don't know the level of, of hate that's going to come from social media. You, as much as you want to prepare, you really just don't have any idea whatsoever. So I think, um, you know, a big learning there is, is I've decided, um, actively, and, and this is even in the last few months, I'm not going to just put these beautiful things on social media to make it seem like I'm living this lavish celebrity reality TV star life. I'm going to just continue to be me and I'm going to be myself. So I'm going to share my good things. I'm going to share my, my bad things. I'm going to, um, you know, be vulnerable and be real with everyone because that's, that's who I am. I, and I 
say, I always say I'm unapologetically myself. So why would I be different just because I have 300 something thousand followers now, um, paying attention to everything that I do when in reality, I'm just still being me and I'm just doing things that I do. And some of them are, are worth sharing. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. So take things as they come. Tell me a little bit more about, about, about what you mean. Absolutely. So self-care, um, self-preservation are very important to me. I spend a lot of years being very reactive, being irritable, being frustrated with my situation. And I feel, I look back on that and I look at the person that I I've become. And then, you know, the times that I still struggle with that. And I realize that like, I can't control other people. I can't control what my job does. I can't control how someone acts towards me or what they say, but what I can control is how I react to these things. So as I said earlier, I feel like things just happen to me sometimes, um, especially lately when, you know, you have so many people that pay attention to your every move. I can't control the outside world. What I can control is how I take it. I can control how I react to it. I can control if this is going to break me, or I can control if this is going to make me happy, or I can control if this is going to bounce off of me. And I find that if I keep that mindset and I keep my inner peace and, and, and my self-control, then I'll be okay. And I live by the principles of, of like my three pillars, I call them. My three pillars are that I really want to have inner peace. So in order to have inner peace, I have to know that I have I'm acting with integrity at every opportunity that I get. And I know that I'm doing the best that I can. And if I take those things and I, I internalize them, that gives me inner peace. And when I have inner peace, it doesn't matter what other people say and think about me because I know that I did the right thing with the information that I had and that I'm doing the best that I can. I love it. You know, it's easy to say, not easy to always practice. Just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those sounds easy, does hard for sure. That when you do recognize that we have very little control over the things that happen, but almost com complete control over how we think and feel mm -hmm. and respond to those things. And you do your best to put those into practice every day. I think then, yeah, you can have a little bit more peace of mind. And then you can say, you know what? I'm going to take things as they come. I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. That's exactly right. And that is the most freeing and releasing feeling that I could say I've ever had when I was finally able to stop caring what people think and what's happening to me, like I could control it. So you, you make the decision to go on this show, you appear on the show and the world explodes. You go from hundreds of followers to hundreds of thousands of followers. I mean, I don't know if you can try to prepare yourself for that, but from that time to where we are now, about how long was that and how long did it take you to sort of work to where you are today? So I'm going to start off by answering that to say I'm very naive. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I was recruited for um, to be a contestant on Love is Blind through a LinkedIn message that I didn't really take seriously. Huh. And next thing I know, it's just snowballing. And I'm like, you have to do this interview. You have to do this background tech. You have to do this psych exam. You have to all this stuff. And all of a sudden, like a few months go by and I'm, I'm there. Right. 
And it just, again, it's like, I just kind of let these things come. I took it day by day. I put that into practice. I wasn't going to be upset if I didn't get selected. I wasn't going to be upset if I went home the second or third day. So from that moment on and going through the experience, I started thinking, I'm like, okay, so I am going to have a platform. And I went and I watched season one. I'm not a big reality TV show person, which is why this is also very ironic. And so I saw the types of followings that people from the season one had. And I saw the types of following people from other shows had. So then it got real. And, you know, I kept telling myself, I'm like, I'll be okay. Like I'm tough. I trust myself. I didn't do or say or act in any way that I wouldn't act in normal life. So I wasn't worried about it. But then when it happens and it's just this influx of DMs, comments, criticisms, insults, people behind a keyboard can be incredibly cruel. Right. And it's unfortunate because like, you know, they're projecting, you know, they are saying things they would never have the strength to say to you face to face. And in a lot of time, in a lot of cases, you know, it's a bot or it's a third account that someone has, but what really, what really happened for me is once the, the first month or two passed, I was just like, you know, I don't know these people like stick to your core values. You did the best you can. You're doing the best you can and you're trying to get better. And I don't really make excuses when I screw up. I just try to, you know, learn from it, do better and move on. And so I started getting that mentality probably after like the first month or two. Um, and that helped a lot. And then after that though, you have to figure out like, well, who am I going to be on social media? And that is its own challenge, right? Because I'm myself, but myself is not someone who spends a ton of time on social media. So then it's like, well, I'm going to just keep being myself. And the people that want to be here are going to want to be here because I'm providing some sort of value entertainment or camaraderie or community to them. So I just kind of started taking that approach. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to just keep being myself. If someone doesn't like that, I was super excited about the new Halloween movie this October, and I was talking about it and dressing up for it, then fine. They can unfollow me. They can say something bad. So it's just a, it's sort of like a process where you have to kind of make peace with yourself um, and then make peace with the fact that, Hey, people are going to unfollow you. And, you know, I said last night, someone posted something on a reel um, of mine that said um, unfollowed. And I sat there and I was like, okay, you could have hit one button and unfollowed me, but instead you did U N F O L L O W E D then. So that's nine clicks. <laughs> then you had to go to my profile 10. Then you had to unfollow 11. So if someone wants to spend 11 clicks just to tell me they unfollowed me, that's on them, not me. Yeah. 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 There's no doubt about that. That's interesting, right? We think that you can look at different experiences in life where you go into something and you're either naive or we just don't know what we're getting ourselves into. And and when we open ourselves up for criticism, maybe you're in a sales role for the first time, you're getting on social media and now people can, you know, you're just going to experience happy good happy good stuff is awesome but when it's the negative stuff or the rejection that 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 will toughen your skin up um so i i appreciate that how do you think um so i'm 
it doesn't matter how, how old you are. I'm 44. And so I'm not native to social media. I was, I was, you know, 30 some years old by the first time that I actually got on the platform. How do you think it's different? Or do you think about, you know, young people who are younger than I am, who are actually social media natives? Um, so I, I'm 37. So I grew up, um, in a simpler time when you would select your, your top friends on MySpace and pick a, a song in high school to talk about yes. your, your friends upsetting you or a breakup of some sort. And you, you, you know, move those around and cause drama among your friend group. That was, that was basically how I grew up with Tom. Simpler times for uh, sure. Right. Exactly. So I think the interesting thing now, and this isn't just for, you know, reality stars or, you know, influencers or whatever you want to look at. I think this is for everyone. I, I believe what I'm seeing with younger people and not too young, like, I don't know when people should get on social media. I don't, you know, it's between them and their parents, but I feel that what young people are doing, especially on TikTok, that I can see it's cool. It's like, they're actually, they're building, um, you know, a platform that like reminds me of what it was like on the playground hmm. where they're, but it's on a bigger scale, right? They're, you're meeting new people, you're communicating with new people, you're playing different types of games, you're playing, um, you know, Red Rover, or then someone else comes in and is like, no, we're going to play tag. And you're all just communicating, but now it's happening through content. And we're kind of circling around each other. And then I think the really cool thing that younger people are good at with social media is they use it to organize. They use it to organize around a hashtag, around an idea. Um, you know, they Gen Z just came out big time in the midterm elections and they organized on social media so that they would all get out and vote. Um, so I think like those are the kind of things that they are doing natively where, you know, I have to go and like learn how to do that. Um, I have to learn what I should and shouldn't put in certain types of content. And so I have this really cool way I think about it now, um, you know, from, from an Instagram perspective is my stories are like my group chat with my friends. So if it's something I'd say to my friends or talk about with my friends, I should talk about it on my story. Those people are here, here to communicate and to have the community with me. If I post it on my, on a reel, it's something that I think needs to extend beyond. It's almost like the marketing for, for me and my content, my message and my community. And then if I post something on my timeline, I think of that as like, this is a moment in time that I would like to capture and remember. And so that works for me. I didn't come up with that all on my own. Um, you know, I've, I've learned that from others, but I think when we come up with sort of um, the use cases for social media. Everyone can get better at it and we can use it and, and explore um, new ways to use it as, as kind of a town square or a, or a local playground. As you are, as you are moving ahead and doing the kind of work that you want to be doing to help to destigmatize and to create places where people can comfortably converse and share their insights and insecurities and and everything um i think which i think is we need more and more and more of that mm -hmm. do you think that uh do you have hope for the future do you think that 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 we're going to figure this out um really good question i think we all have to have hope for the future because if we don't what are we doing every day mm. but i do think um to your point my hope for the future comes from the individuals that are um, wanting to participate in a community, not even just be part of it, but participate in the community. Um, I, 
I love with my podcast and even through DMs and through other content, I love to have these conversations because I'm not judging anyone. I don't know where people came from. Um, Everybody has a, a reason to believe and feel the way that they feel. And I think that when we give them an opportunity to share where they're not going to be judged, they're actually going to be able to be vulnerable, but you're also going to be able to connect on a human to human level. And that's what my hope for social media is, is that instead of becoming this dark haven, black hole of, of being mean and cruel and projecting, I hope that we can realize, hey, this actually gives us an opportunity to get together with people that 20 years ago, we never would have come in contact with. And if we can do that and we can recognize each other as human beings instead of a, a blind profile, I feel like we can actually start to facilitate some of these changes not even in our society here, but just across the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a powerful opportunity. So looking back, uh, I'm sure that there's parts of your experience on, on reality TV that that you hate. There's probably parts that you just love and it, 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 it gave you this, this unique platform. Um, how, how, how do you sum it up? Do you think about that? I do. I actually think about it a lot. Um, and again, I, I take things as they come, I let them happen and then I choose how I react to it. Mm-hmm. so everything hasn't been kosher. It hasn't been perfect. Uh, but this is my path and I'm excited to be on it. I'm excited to see what comes next and I'm excited to use whatever platform I have to try and make the world a better place and do the right thing. So from that alone, um, you know, that's, that's just me with 348 followers and that's me with 348,000 followers. So, um, I'm, I'm just hoping that, um, my message, my, the way I behave, the way I conduct myself, um, just helps some other people. And now I can do that more so on a larger scale, hopefully. I love it. Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how can people engage with you? Obviously through social media. (laughs) Yeah, you can definitely engage with me through social media. Um, You can find me on Instagram at nthompson513. You can find my podcast, Conversations with Nick Thompson, on any platform that you listen to podcasts, including YouTube. And I don't go on Twitter because it's a dark, dark place. Um, and um, so connect with me on Instagram if you get the opportunity. And if you listen to the podcast, I'd love to hear what you think. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Nick your appreciation and share today's show with a friend that also appreciates good ideas. Follow Nick on social media on Instagram. His handle is nthompson513. And then listen to the Conversations with Nick Thompson podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast and also on YouTube as well. And I will link link all of those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Nick. Thank you. And until next time, remember what we've been talking about. Do your part by doing your best.